The voice of reason. The voice of alarm. The voice of stats. The voice of scouts. The voice of Kool-Aid. The voice of dismay. The voice of Davo. And we have a boatload to talk about tonight on Clubhouse Conversation. It's Davo on your dish. As first of all, we'll discuss a completely awesome and wacky Royals victory. One of the most bizarre walk-offs you will ever see. Probably one we'll never see duplicated ever again. We'll always remember this one, most likely. We'll talk about that in depth. Plus, we'll preview the rest of the series versus the White Sox including talking about the health of Danny Duffy. And then finally, we'll get to your opinion on today's Twitter question. At Royals Clubhouse, we asked you this afternoon your thoughts on how many wins it would take to win a wild card in the American League. We'll talk about all that here on Clubhouse Conversation. But let's start with the completely just bizarre game tonight. And one that's really hard to explain. I will say it was a game as I sat at Kauffman Stadium where I was – pretty grounded. I was pretty calm watching it. You know what? It was actually a pretty good baseball game. If you watch that game as a neutral fan or as a White Sox fan who knows the team's way out of it and doesn't really care if they win or lose, you know, that that was a good game to watch tonight. It was. I mean, it, it was not like yesterday where Ned Yost completely butchered and blew a game for the Royals with still unbelievably bad bullpen management yesterday. No need to rehash that. I mean, it was just awful yesterday. So yesterday I was upset. I was angry because that was a game yesterday. You get a big lead like that. You've got Vargas throwing well. You've got all your bullpen rested with James Shields the next day. You have to win that game yesterday. And the Royals didn't, largely because of Ned Yost. And we defend Ned all the time here on Clubhouse Conversation. We talk about that, how typically the manager doesn't make a, too big of a difference. A bad one or a good one maybe gives you plus or minus three. Well, we lost one yesterday because of Ned. But tonight, had we lost, I wouldn't have been – I would have been down and you know disappointed, but I wasn't going to be angry because the game was pretty well played. It was a battle of two good pitchers tonight. I mean, yes, John Danks, you can mock that statement. I know he's having a bad year. I know he's been rough recently with the seven plus ERA, his last five starts, and you know above five for the year. But John Danks was pretty good tonight. Give him some credit. The breaking pitch, the off speed stuff was working pretty well for Danks tonight, and James Shields. It was a well-pitched game. It wasn't a really a great game by Shields. I mean, a lot of base runners tonight. His line was not great by any stretch. Seven innings for big game James, allowing 10 hits with three runs, no walks, luckily. So 10 hits and seven innings with no walks, not awful. I mean, it's a whip of about, what, 1.4, I guess it would be. So that's not too bad. Did strike out six. ERA sits at 3.15, still very good. And give a tip of the cap again to James Shields tonight. It wasn't the spectacular shields we saw at Yankee Stadium or the spectacular shields we saw at Comerica Park, but it was still an effective James Shields. If you go seven innings, three runs, but you don't have your best stuff, and Chicago got a lot of nickel and dime hits. Let's be let's be real here. They did not square up that many balls tonight. A lot of bouncing balls up the middle, a lot of balls that found eyes. So really a pretty solid outing by James Shields tonight. We'll call it solid to good tonight. Got the job done, kept his team in the game. Kelvin Herrera, Wade Davis. You know, it's not news. Same thing as always. Scoreless innings out of those two. They've been automatic and just fun to watch all year. Now, offensively, the Royals couldn't get too much mustard against John Danks in the form of big hits, although they did have some chances. They had some base runners. A couple rough double plays were hit into between Escobar and, although that was off the bullpen, but Gordon earlier in the game. So the Royals had a couple of double plays. and They had six base runners, though, against Danks and six scoreless innings between two hits. In four walks. Was nice to see the Royals walk tonight. They had six walks as a team. That was nice. Some real professional at-bats we'll get into later. 
But the Royals couldn't score off a dank, still get some base runners, but then the White Sox bullpen came in, and KC got the job done. Two walks against Sox relievers. They were able to push across four runs on seven hits and two and two-thirds, three of which were earned. And offensively, we got to start with Nori tonight. Awesome. Nori has been just really good since the calendar flipped to September, obviously. You know that, and I know that. A guy who I thought perhaps didn't need to see the lineup much once mid-August came. I wanted to see more Dyson, and if Willingham were healthy, I wanted to see much more Willingham. But you know what? Norrie's gotten the job done, and he should be in there from here on out. He's producing in a big way. How about tonight? Four for four with a walk. That's five at-backs, you know, five plate, or five times reaching base in his five at-bats is what I meant to say there. A walk and a huge run for Norrie tonight. I mean, technically, the winning run was scored by Terrence Gore as a pinch runner, but Norrie, after the Royals came back and tied it, sliced that double up the left field line. Gore came in, and of course, score. We'll get to that later. Alex Gordon hitting an RBI tonight, and two more key at bats I really want to key into here. And one that didn't really lead to any runs, but one that I do want to give a tip of the cap to. That's two tip of the caps tonight here on Clubhouse Conversation. Raul Abanez. Pinch hits, professional at bat. And you hear people openly mocking and saying, well, great job. We've got these guys who are leaders, but none of them are leading the field. Well, that's not really true because Shields and Gorin definitely lead in the field. But I understand you've got Willingham banged up as a leader, and you've got Abanez, and you look down at the bullpen at some of the veterans that you know perhaps could be helping you lead, and you might say they're not, they're not playing much. Okay. But Abanez, I mean, he, he led by example. You want good at bats? He, he, I'm sure he tells them about good at bats. I'm sure that he's an open, you know, a, a, an open book about hitting. And he gave you a professional at bat. Raul Abanez, not only was he cold from the night, because let me tell you, the first four innings out there at Kaufman, that that wind howling, it was cold. I had a jacket on tonight. By the end, it was pretty comfortable because the wind completely went limp. Which, by the way, the wind did cost Omar Infante a home run. I thought earlier in the game, but back on track. Abanez not only cold from sitting out for the game, but he hadn't had a bat in two weeks. Do you realize that? It's been exactly two weeks ago today where he started against the Rangers and had three ABs. That's the last time he hit two weeks ago. Comes in with a nine-pitch AB and draws a walk. Didn't ultimately score, but again, great at bat, leading by example, leading the clubhouse. Nice job, Raul. And Moose, of course, Save the game, and he's not going to get the credit. The, the credit's going to go to, of course, Dyson and and Gore and and Kane, and you know, who drives in the winning run, and, and they should get credit. But Mike Mustakis, Casey wouldn't have had a chance if he made out there in the ninth. Two ball, two ball, you know, two ball, two strike count. And we've been seeing Moose the last two weeks take a lot of balls to the left side of the infield. Is that drastic shift that they're running on him is going to have to be reevaluated here pretty soon? Probably not till next year. But sliced another double like Nori did down the left field line, got the Royals started. That was the tying run and ultimately the winning run on Nori, with Kane driving him in. I mean, give Mike Mustaka some credit. Another guy we openly have been talking about the last week who made errors three days in a row and wasn't doing much at the plate, responded tonight in a big way. So nice job by Moose coming off the bench there. Another guy that had been cold. His one at bat of the night gets it done. Just a good offensive. No, not a good offensive. A de- well, yeah, it's a good offensive night for the Royals. They, they walked six times. Let's give them some credit. Let's not be too hard on the Royals here. They scored the four runs to win. They walked six times. I'll take it. I, I, don't, I don't care how you win. There's no style points in the standings. There's no asterisks that say, but they... It came back and small balled. To, nobody cares. Nobody cares that it was an infield walk-off or that back-to-back guys who are running on the pitch from second base. And let's give Ned some credit. I just blasted Ned earlier this dish. Let's give him some credit tonight. 
We don't know for a fact that he sent Gore or Dyson when they were both running on the two pitches where they both scored, but they both just happened to score when they were running from second, stealing the base, you know, once on a wild pitch and, and once on the infield chopping hit by a cane. What are the odds of that happening back-to-back leading to a walk-off? You'll never see that again. Guarantee you nobody in either clubhouse has ever seen that. Ridiculous. But give Ned some credit. Whether he called that or not, he gave them the, the green light, and they got it done. They ran, and they were able to – manufacture runs, give Ned some credit for going to the right guys. Abanya is pinch hitting, give Ned some credit, pinch running. I mean, he didn't have to pinch run for Nori once the game got tied there. You could you could easily consider it could go into extra innings and Nori's five for five at getting on base and you want to keep him in, but he went gore. And had he stayed with Nori, we might still be playing. Who knows if, you know, Nori probably wouldn't have scored because he would have been running on the, on the pitch that Kane hit. So give Ned some credit there. A nice stolen base. I turned to my buddy Toby, who was at the game with me, when it was 1-2, and two, and Alex took off to steal that base to get in the scoring position. I mean, on a breaking ball count, that's when you run it. Ned did. I mean, just different things he did tonight. I thought he managed a good game tonight. So give Ned some credit tonight. I will always give him credit if I'm going to criticize him and vice versa. Objective analysis here on Clubhouse Conversation. So let's look at the next couple of games now. So what do we have to do this week? Well, if you want to catch Detroit... If you want to win the AL Central, the goal has to be to be tied with Detroit Sunday. The realistic goal. I mean, obviously, Detroit could tank it and you could sweep them. But realistically, they've got two more games before they come here. They're going to win at least one more against the Twins. The Royals' realistic best case is to be tied at the end of this week. To do that, they've got to go 5-1 and one this week, now 4-1. and one. You need to win tomorrow because you've got Chris Sale on Wednesday. You have to win. Well, you don't have to, but you, I mean, you have to split the next two either way if you want to catch Detroit. If you want to focus on the wild card, you probably need to go 3-2 and two the rest of this week just to be safe to keep that lead going into the final week. The Mariners have a brutal schedule, and we're going to talk about that here in a little bit. But if you want the wild card, the second wild card, 3-2 and two should put you in the driver's seat going into the last week with games at Cleveland and at Chicago. If you want Detroit, you got to go 4-1. and one. So to do that, the Royals, the next two days, they got to win tomorrow. Chris Bassett, the righty, who they've yet to see, it's only his fourth major league appearance tomorrow, will be towing the slab against Liam Hendricks. Now, I said here on Clubhouse Conversation five days ago, there's no way in hell you can allow Hendricks to start another game, and I stand by that. Danny Duffy, uh, okay, here's the deal. I- I'm fine with the Royals moving Danny Duffy back to-, to one more start, so he's only got two more starts. That's fine. You want to keep him healthy, and you want to make sure when you bring him back you're not rushing him or he re-injures himself, because if he re-injures himself again, he's done for the year. At that point, you have to shut him down. You can't risk it at that point. And you can steal, hopefully, one more start out of Hendricks. The deal is, though, I want to see a piggyback tomorrow. I want Brandon Finnegan ready in the third, fourth innings if Hendricks is struggling. Chicago hits three. I want Hendricks out of the game, period. He cannot be left in to lose a game tomorrow. So unless the Royals are scoring a lot of runs, when that hits three, I want him out. I want Brandon Finnegan as the next guy to go two or three innings. Casey Coleman's been throwing the ball decent. He can give you an inning or two, and then you've got the big guys at the end. If you can get four or five innings out of Hendricks, inning or two out of Finnegan, and give it directly to those guys at the back end of the pen to win, do it. Chris Bassett's a right-hander. It's his fourth appearance. He's thrown 13 and third, allowed 14 hits, seven walks, 11 Ks, 25 years of age, right-hander. You know, Chris Bassett, whatever. We don't know anything about him. He's a minor league pitcher that got called up. I wouldn't think that the Royals should struggle with him too much, but who knows? I mean, John Danks has been struggling all year, and you know, Daniel Webster, you can go back in the recent days. I don't got to rehash it with you. So it's so hard to predict with this team. And what do they do tomorrow with the lineup, do you think? Is Billy Butler back in there? What do you think? I'm, I'm thinking no. Josh Willingham says he's ready to pinch hit. I have to think he's ready to DH tomorrow. Or perhaps you go back with Dyson and put Nori back at DH. I don't know what they'll do tomorrow with the lineup. But give Ned credit. The last three games he's used this lineup 
It's gotten, what, four runs twice and, what was it, seven runs the night before that? Eight? Eight the night before that. So it's gotten 16 runs the last three games, five runs a game, five and a, a third runs a game for that new lineup. So give him some credit for that as well. So tomorrow, Hendricks and Bassett. I still like the Royals tomorrow, especially after today. I think they'll come out and win that game tomorrow. But you, you cannot let Hendricks – I mean, I don't, really dis, I don't really agree with starting him, but I understand that you have to have somebody slip in for one more. I'm fine with somebody filling in one more time for Duffy. I just wish it were Hendricks – or not Hendricks. I wish it were Finnegan. There we go. It's late at night. It's 12.15 here. So sorry about my <laughs> slip of brain here. But think of it as a piggyback. That's how I look at it. Tomorrow it's Hendricks and Finnegan. Maybe Casey Coleman to get it to the back of the bullpen. We'll see what happens tomorrow. Chris Sale, you're down to Ventura coming up on a Wednesday. That's going to be rough. Royals will be lucky to get two runs and eight innings off a of sale. They'll need a good one or two run outing out of Ventura and the relief pitchers on Wednesday. Got to find a way, though. Three and two this week or four and one. They've got the they're one and oh so far. So last question we have for you here, and we're going to talk about a clubhouse conversation for tonight. We asked you this afternoon at Royals Clubhouse on our Twitter, how many wins for the wild card? Now let's 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 you know for starters tell where we're at right now. With Seattle losing tonight, getting dominated by the Angels, the Royals, and, and I'm counting the game at Cleveland as a loss already. The suspended game, I'm counting that as a loss. Ninety percent chance it'll be a loss. If it's a win, obviously, then everything changes, and that's a huge, huge, huge deal for us. But we're just going to count that as a loss for now, okay? So that's already counted in. That means KC is a game and a half behind Oakland, who has the top wild card, in a pretty easy scouts. They've got a lot of Texas left. So they're a game and a half behind Oakland. Doubtful they'll catch Oakland. And they're a game and a half ahead of Seattle. So the Royals are right in between Oakland and Seattle right now. Toronto's five back. Cleveland and the Yankees six back. They're done. They're not going to catch it. I mean, Toronto, Cleveland, and New York would have to basically probably lose one more game the rest of the year to have any kind of chance. And even then, they might not make it. So they're out. So it's, it's, a, it's a three-horse race. Two of them make it. Oakland, Kansas City, and Seattle. Now let's – I asked you win totals. How many wins to get a wild card? So meaning bare minimum, meaning the second wild card. Oakland currently at 83 wins. KC at 82. Seattle at 80. So 83 for Oakland, 82 KC. Seattle at 80 right now. At DRJCWCAT says it'll take 90 wins to get a wild card. 90, he says. A little high to me. I don't think so. I'll tell you my answer here in a second. At Ben Hillman says eight more wins is the minimum, which would now be seven. This is before the game. So he is saying KC needs to get to 89. So he's saying eight more wins to get it. And depending on who they beat, 89 could possibly win the division as well. Agree. But they'd have to sweep Detroit if Detroit's going to only win 89. Because Detroit's got a lot of easy games, White Sox and Twins left. And you can probably on the count on Detroit losing two more games outside of when they face the Royals. So KC would have to sweep Detroit for 89 to happen. But I agree. You're right, Ben. That's definitely right. 100% agree with that assessment. Same thing with Chiba Rooks, who says 89, but we want the division, so let's get 92 with you. And at Fratzner says 88. Seattle has a tough schedule from here on out. So we heard one person said 90, and we've got several tweets here. I just want to read about four of them. One person said 90, two said 89, and one 88. Here's my thoughts. I think that Oakland goes 91 and 71 because of all their games with Texas. We ain't catching Oakland, most likely. Most likely, Oakland is you know going to get that, that home wild card game against John Lester, <laughs> which sucks. I think Seattle gets 87 wins. That's my prediction for them. 88, possibly. So if Seattle gets to 88, to me, 89 gets the second wild card. So I will agree 
100% with Chiba Rooks and Ben Hillman. Then 89 gets the second wild card. And Fratzner, 88 possibly. I think that's a possibility too. I, I think Seattle gets 88 tops. So 88 might put you in a tie. So to me, 89 is what will get it because I still think Seattle could get to 88. 89 uh, you know, avoids a, a tie. How much would it suck to have a play-in game to get to the one-game wild card game? We don't want that. So 89 to me secures the second wild card is what I think. 89. And to get to that, where are the Royals sitting right now? 82. So even if the Royals split the next two and they go to 83, let's say they win two out of three against Detroit, that's 85. You'd only have to go that last week four and three. And you're going to miss Chris Sale, it appears, in the series at Chicago. So you've got to think you're at least two of those games, maybe three in Chicago. So the Royals are in damn good shape to get 89 wins at the moment. I think the Royals are probably an 89 or 90 win team. And I agree, though, I think 91 probably takes the AL Central. I think the Royals are, at the end, the way things look right now, unless KC can sweep Detroit, they're probably going to come up one to two games short of the Tigers, is my guess. But I do think things look pretty good for the Royals to get the second wild card right now. So I guess bottom line now is cheer against Oakland, Seattle, and Detroit. That's all that's left. Really, just basically Seattle and Detroit. We're not catching Baltimore, so that's we don't talk about them anymore, whatever. Those are my thoughts. It's Clubhouse Conversation. What an exciting time that'll be a part of this, right? To even be in this discussion and wow, this is what you know, this is this has been one heck of a bizarre season, up and down, up and down. And, I, and sometimes I wish I, sometimes me personally, I feel like I'm not enjoying it enough. I hope I'm imagining you feel the same way because it's frustrating because the pitching's been so good. And there's been so many games that were left in the L column when we left men on base and lost two to one and one to nothing and three to two. And then there were some butchering games defensively in the last couple of weeks, a horrible game against Cleveland where we were like, what, one for 16 with right scoring position. You had Ned Yost kind of botching a couple of games. So there's it's been a frustrating season from that standpoint because the Royals could easily have this division on ice right now, honestly, with just even a league average offense. But at the end of the day, it's still looking like it could very easily be playoff baseball in Kansas City. And who knows? Even if you get that wild card game, who's to say the Royals won't finally hit John Lester? And who's to say that James Shields won't show up and have the same kind of game that he had the last two starts before tonight? We'll shut out baseball for seven and eight and a third innings, respectively, in those two starts. It's Clubhouse Conversation. We'll talk to you again tomorrow night. Go Royals!